Welcome to the Fashion Forum, a series brought to you by the British Fashion Council aimed at creating positive change and highlighting the relationship between the creative industries, celebrating not only fashion designers, but also the broader creative community. Each episode welcomes a broad range of voices, sharing personal experiences, as well as discussing the biggest issues in fashion today. I'm Florence, model and co-founder of Cognis, a creative ethics consultancy. And I'm here with my partner and co-founder, the designer Claire Eureka Davis, and Tori West, editor of the independent queer-led publication, Bricks Magazine. In April this year, Cogdis launched a research project called Manifesting Utopia. It's a unique approach on how spirituality uh, and the interconnectivity of it can energize the spirituality and sustainability in fashion. Um, Tori, we talked to you to inform the findings of that work, and today we're going to extend that conversation a little bit further. I think all of our career paths in and beyond British fashion demonstrate how we kind of like live our values and where we are in the journey with them. Um, definitely for me, looking at like both Tori and you, Claire, like this is something that I'm like, you guys fully, fully live that. So how do you kind of both interpret the concept of, of living your values? You start, Tori. I'd say that, to be honest with you, my values are probably the biggest thing when it comes to any job that I do. And I think I said, even in our like previous conversation, is that I won't take on any job unless it hits like a certain thing for me, which is, one, does it bring me joy and happiness? And two, is it educational and am I learning? Sometimes for me, it's more it goes beyond the budget for me um believe it or not just just sometimes <laughs> um sometimes yeah beyond the budget um but yeah those things are like really important to me and i don't like taking jobs especially for a platform like bricks that you know looks at social political issues within fashion it would be contradictory if i you know took on a project that i feel doesn't uh, go hand in hand within our values um yeah. So it's really important for me. Yeah, I feel like with all of your work, personally and with Bricks, like the baseline is integrity. So if you know you you kind of you can't compromise that at any turn, basically, because <clears throat> that's like the whole foundation for everything that you do is value driven and it's kind of like I mean that's why everybody loves you, but also that's why you say the interesting stuff that needs to be heard. <laughs> You know, that a lot of people Well, it's hard don't. to do that, though, because it's like if you... For instance, that's why we don't really have advertising. Because mm. that's when... At first, I was like, that's when... When I first started Bricks, I was like, well, that's what is going to basically manipulate my creativity. Like, who has what on the cover and this, that, yeah. and the other. But then when I, like, started speaking out more and realising we built this amazing platform and we actually, you know, had a, had a voice within the yeah. industry... It moved beyond like thinking of it within a creative sense and kind of like manipulating what you can and cannot say. And I think there isn't enough publications who are, you know, free to kind of explore what they want and critique mm -hmm. things in a way that, you know, is transparent because you have to look at your advertisers. But yeah, we don't really we try and look at making money in other ways like we try and be audience funded so we're not manipulated yeah. by like our advertisers whatsoever or we work on like bespoke 
you know, partnerships with people. So, like, we'll take on a project with a brand, but it's us making the content for them yeah. rather than them, them telling us what we can and cannot do. Yeah. I feel like also that way of working is, especially for other people trying to do similar things or at least like do things in line with their values and similar ways of work or even just in the industry as a whole like switching from this reliance on a couple of big players who are funding you <clears throat> and so kind of dictating what you have to do there's like a really big um, shift at the moment anyway that I've noticed of giving back the ownership to your audience and communi communicating directly with them you know it's like this almost like community patronage type thing which means that you don't have to compromise um on any of your values and you still yeah. get to talk to everyone yeah absolutely i think on that it's like one of the things that because i've worked in house as well and i used to work as a social editor for id but when i was there one of the things that i learned and what i loved about id at the time was when they when i was kind of doing the training and like entry like um like training to the intro for the role is that yeah. they were saying that we built id um as obviously it was a fanzine and it's one of those publications that you we want to see the audience in it as well as be a part of it and yeah. I really enjoyed that kind of like um, you know that way of publishing and that's why basically off that tiny little sentence that someone said I don't even know if they practiced enough within their print basically built the whole foundations of print because <laughs> I was just like right we want to just do like that's exactly what I want publishing to be like you know yeah. is that like you're the consumer so why shouldn't you not see yourself in it why can't you relate to it why can't you have your voice in it so yeah I think there's a real power in giving the voice back to your audience rather than it just be that's why I always say bricks isn't mine it belongs to everyone yeah. who's a part of it you know it's a, it's a real community I love it. I love it. Yeah, also, I, like, you go. No, 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 I was going to say, like, I, I um, saw some pieces and read some pieces where you're super adamant on, like, passing the mic. And I think that that's a, obviously just, like, such a great phrase and way of putting it and it not feeling like it's, I don't know, too, like, business or too, like, hierarchical. Yeah. It really kind of democratises everybody that you work with and partnerships. I think that... Yeah. <clears throat> I think the, the realization for me to actually start living my values was what gave me a, a big career path that, uh, change and, you know, mm -hmm. is super informs my partnerships in the, in the modeling world anyway, which is, it's actually kind of a good thing because it cuts out so much of like the crap that you might be like, oh, maybe I would do it for the money or maybe I would do it for this or that. But like when you, when you come down to it or even when you ask I've got, I've been dropped from so many jobs just for asking questions, just like, just like, <laughs> so where, <laughs> this is a sustainable range, can you tell me where it's made, can you tell me the materials, and then I'll just have, yeah, this is no longer on anymore, this is off, then I'll be like, Mm, yeah, you know? it's off. <laughs> just like a blunt email, a blunt email on a Saturday. Look, this is off. No, no, no. <laughs> the whole thing. That's not how agents work, and it, it's totally fine. Like I don't mind the, you know, that it's a, it's a fast-moving industry, but it is very funny when you ask some really simple questions. Mm -hmm. 
how confronting it is for people um and really all you're doing is demonstrating your like your values and and your boundaries um and that's which fine. is a shame that it is a shame because those listening to people and working with people in those ways and answering those difficult questions even if you don't have the answer try at least right. to have the conversation like i'm not expecting everybody to have the right answer and the exact yeah. logistics of everything but at least try don't just like put a wall up um and i think that's like a really something that a lot of brands don't understand one of the things mm. i do now what you said about boundaries is that we always discuss our boundaries with like relationships or mm. families and you know friendships but we never mm. talk about boundaries with our you know freelance work or career or our clients and mm -hmm. that is a massive thing that i've had to learn this year <coughs> is having boundaries with my clients so what i do now is very early on in the project before you can take a project i get on a zoom call with them and i teach them about our values and like kind of what we are as a business mm. and you know what we will and will not do to see if it's right for us like it's fine yeah. if that exact campaign isn't right for us then that's you know completely fine but I really appreciate people having that conversation with us as well. Yeah. Well, so it just cuts it. out the crap of like, yeah, this yeah. is a two-week project and it ends at four months and you're not <laughs> sleeping and it's ruining your life and they're not extending your budget. <laughs> I also... Boundaries. I also, I also think boundaries are quite misunderstood. Like, people mistake boundaries for walls and this is something that I yeah. um, learned on... Um, there's a podcast called Finding Our Way with Prentice Hemphill and... They said, you know, boundaries are a safe space for you to operate from. Like, it's not about a wall or a barrier. It's just providing a, enough distance or, you know, a boundary which is safe enough and com comfortable enough to operate from. The irony of it is, is that a lot of people think that if you're vocal, just stating you're happy to state your boundaries or you're happy just to say how it is, which clearly yeah. you very are like that as well as I am. Don't I know it? People are like <laughs> terrified of that and they're like, think you're yeah. self-righteous or they think yeah. that you're, you know, really difficult and aggressive yeah. and angry to work with. And yeah. actually it's the complete opposite because mm. the irony of it is, it's like, I called out BFC, like four seasons ago, three seasons yeah. ago. What happened, Claire? They invited us to open yeah, the whole we came and spoke. thing. Like, we came to spoke about how they could do better with the climate crisis, which is why I was boycotting them in the first place. And mm -hmm. it's like, you have to, like, work with people. And, and like, we're now on a podcast with the BFC, so it's like, you have to, you know, you choose your battles wisely. But what I want to ask you is, I mean, you guys, you guys are doing this loads, obviously, at Bricks. Like, your readership, involving your readership in the magazine is, like the you know really championing this concept of like this network mentality and i wanted to ask if you had any suggestions of like how could we specifically bring this in or maybe how could others try and bring this in like in british fashion the thing i found extremely difficult and what i found really debilitated my mental well-being when i worked in an office environment was the hierarchy system it's not a collaborative mm -hmm. system it's a hierarchy system so you have a manager yeah. and you have this and you have that someone i know someone i know has got a new uh, role and basically in their office they um have a system where there's only a director and then who i think may be the only other business i'm not sure and then mm -hmm. everyone else is just equal so they all work on what they feel like working so there's no yeah. micromanaging and 
so there's way more like collaboration than there is, you know, having to sign off something with a supervisor and having a yeah. meeting about it, then having another meeting about it, then telling the straight cis white guy what's going on. And just that that's just really boring and it's just not giving people enough responsibility or like an incentive on what to do. Yeah. So I really like admire that structure of a business where it's not higher a rocket like everyone yeah. that's on the core team at Bricks are like editors. Like, yeah. I just say that we're editors, and that's it, because... And even our interns, I say that with... What's that thing when you Quotations. Mean? Quotations. Our interns, they're editorial assistants, because it yeah. moves that... They strips the kind of hierarchy system out of it. So, I don't know, it's just... I think it's just communication, wording, and restructuring things within a business, but it's not going to happen overnight. I think the pandemic slightly could help that. I'm just... Yeah. I don't know, I think it's going to take a lot of um, unlearning. Oh my God, we love unlearning. Yeah, because I mean, it's key to moving forward because exactly as you said, like this hierarchical system is, I mean, it wastes a lot of time, but it creates that like gatekeeping, the gatekeeping mm. culture, right? Bad Where like you have to, yeah, you have to pass a gate, gate each time. And then you have like, I don't know, a certain amount of people all trying to squeeze through this one gate at the same time. And that's why it's like this. Yeah dog-eat-dog mentality it's very ingrained it's very ingrained like I would be very fearful when I first went into you know an office job I was you know super fearful to make own make my own decisions and not have it checked off and signed off and to a certain extent I still am now because I have I am going through that and learning of like living by my values trusting my intuition and things like that but this, this red tape that is put up everywhere is definitely a deterrent to you know free thinking and ideas but you know it, it it that's sometimes what companies want because they always want you to have your company hat on you know and, and i think that's the problem is that companies really really take advantage of like your entire identity mm, when you can work yeah. for them and that's just not right but yeah. mainly in the creative industry that happens i'd say mm. more than any yeah. other industry do you talk about this at all on your, um, like I, I saw that you launched an alternative education platform recently with Bricks, like do you, is this part of like the learning to unlearn or, you know, tell us more about so that, I'm interested. It's quite new but mainly the kind of the stories that we've been looking at at the moment, so there's like a weekly job board that we do but it's not just full time jobs, it's, mm. you know, we, we looked at freelance jobs, it's like grant schemes um, and also just like, Amazing. bizarre opportunities that me and Maddie find on the internet that are just like be, I don't know a juggler in a movie or whatever she found Love the other it. week she's found something like that <laughs> or like be, like there was one where it's like uh, our friends at Dreamwife were looking for um, like doing open auditions to find a band that would go on tour on their next tour with them as a support act so you put like oh alternative God. opportunities in it as well, it's not just like a normal LinkedIn jobs board. It's basically members of our community are like teaching people's lessons. So we have one that's like five things I learned this week, which I'd love for you both to do at some point. Oh but God, it's just yeah. like, it could be anything. It could be like a podcast that you listen to and a quote. Like I did one and it was a song lyric in it that changed. Then me and Maddie were thinking about in the office for a week. Like mm -hmm. it could be anything, like beyond news, you know, or like literally education it can be anything that's just made you think or something Amazing. someone said to you um so there's that and then we also have um 
guides. So it would be like um, how to pitch. Maddie did a really good one on how to pitch um, writing, which was great. Um, and so yeah, there's, it's, it's supposed to be kind of like a very um, not not not. I think we will look at like nine five things, but it's just at the moment we haven't really done that but I do want to I still haven't started it but I've got a list of podcasts that we need to record and I really want to do stuff on um, like full time of like work safety and boundaries and like sexual harassment in the workplace and how to navigate that like really like gritty stuff that like people aren't really discussing when it comes to like your career like I think a lot of like you know work advice is just like this is what you wear to work on your first day good luck this is what to say in a job interview and it's just like oh just shut up well it's like when it gets serious like what are you going to do like how to contact a union or how to get union representation and things like that where is that information so that's kind of what we're trying to tackle with it yeah i once had like a training day um about like you know what's right and wrong in the office place and it's like it was like i I mean i bless them they were totally harmless but they're like these actors um she's doing quotes who are no longer at like acting and you know they came in and it's like one of the scenes is like girl by the water cooler man comes over one scenario is like nice top sharon is that okay the next scenario I like your tits in that top, Sharon. Is that okay? And you're just like, what's going on? You're like, Honey, what's if going you need, on? if you're not sure about this, I'm not sure. I got, you should I got. be in the adult this world. This is how yeah? to do with getting sexually harassed with the copywriter or the water cooler. <laughs> a, B, or C. What's yeah, yeah. Correct? But it is, you know, and this is the need for alternative education and like an update. You know, we need a, we need an update. Um, which, um, Claire, I, I think brings me to my next question as well, one for you, which is, like, at Cogdis, you're our um, tarot reader and resident kind of, like, diviner. And this is obviously, like, a completely new way, especially within the, within the fashion industry, of, like, bringing a different type of education, learning, and kind of advice. So tell us more about um, why you want to bring spirituality um, into into work in the fashion industry in particular? The reason why I think spirituality needs to come into all work is because spirituality is literally just about relating to yourself as a human and also relating to the other people that you're working with, your environment, the planet. You know, it's kind of like when we're talking about spirituality at Cogdis, it is about, you know, ethereal spiritual stuff, but it is also literally about how connected are you to yourself? You know, are you listening to how you are feeling when you're doing, you know, our typical analytical left brain capitalist work? Because especially in sustainability, sustainability is, um, you know, it's a very, it's very emotionally charged, but nobody really speaks about how they feel when they're working in sustainability. And also this space is one of the most well, I mean, there's many spaces that experience this, but it's, you know, it's what our business name is based on, cognitive dissonance. There's so much that we want to do and so much that we're unable to do. We're like, we're living in this place of friction, which is what we're always exploring with Cogdis. Basically, through connecting to yourself and other people on a more 
kind of like emotional and sensitive and empathetic level you're actually able to understand and navigate you know when things don't feel right that's a clear signal for you that maybe you have to change a way of working or a way you know <clears throat> maybe you need to set a boundary there's there's so many signals that in all like so many industries we ignore from our literally from ourselves like our self is trying to tell us that something doesn't feel right or we need to do something else but because we're trained to just you know only believe and trust in the head brain we ignore everything else we ignore when our gut feels like it's in complete knots because our brain is like oh this is what we should be doing and this is where that tension is like it's literally you feel it in your stomach it is like that knot forming that we are all familiar with because we've all had to go through that also why it's been so amazing to do this with Cogdis and our work is it like it makes the change actually possible because we can look at okay that didn't quite feel right why only by looking at the thing can you navigate through it you know you don't get over a fear by like blocking it out of your life and turning the other way like we, unless you're two years old you know you think that's a viable option but uh, you know it's like when you play hide and seek with a toddler and they cover their eyes and so it's like oh I can't see you so you can't see me either like that's how a lot of people operate yeah. especially in sustainability you know so I think the main advantage of bringing this into our work is we can actually face what previously seemed really scary and challenging in a way that is like we're all doing it together it's not one person climbing a mountain you know yeah. and it's it's less scary and also it can be cute spirituality is just like it's literally just vibes super cute just yeah vibes. <laughs> i like that it's literally just vibes but it, you're right in how so many people misinterpret what it means uh, yeah. like spirituality it's like I think a lot of people especially some older generations I would even go as far to say that they think it's like cult vibes like they're just like oh it's it's Manson murder vibes that is spirituality <laughs> it's running naked on the beach like it yeah. is very that I, I genuinely think that's some people's interpretation of what yeah. sustainability is it's yeah. hippie culture I yeah. think yeah. that's yeah. what they think yeah. but I like the way that you explained it where it's like connecting not just to mm -hmm. ourselves but connecting to the planet and also to other people and that you know that is something that makes you know business and workplaces a lot more what's the word productive is when sure. you can connect better with yourself and other people like everyone always says communication is key but I think that's a huge part of it is understanding your feelings and how to communicate them so spirituality mm -hmm. has such a huge part in that and it's interesting <laughs> that you you know done this around this because you're probably the first people that I've come across that have a focus on like um, spirituality within the workplace and what that means. Because I think when you say that, it's like, yeah. what is spirituality in the workplace? Everyone's like, what the hell is this now? Like, what do you mean? Like, I, don't, I don't get yeah. it. I don't shit in the office. What do you mean? You want yeah. Fridays off? And I think that's what they will think it is, you know? <laughs> yeah, but when you break it down and you educate people on it, it's so important and it makes so much sense. It's super right. important, and it like you know talking about this like um, hiding from it and just like covering your eyes from like the reality around you. Like I, I don't think 
if, if you've been, if your eyes have been open to what's been going on for the past few years, like you haven't mm -hmm. been able to hide from it. And, you know, that actually came through in the, the research that we did as part of Manifesting Utopia, where we surveyed like 2,300 2, people across the global north. And 71% of them said that finding a sense of spirituality has become more important in their lives over the past year. Um, and like over half of them, just over half of them have been introduced to spirituality as a method of healing from like mm. trauma and stress. And like that is also so possible to implement in the workspace because there is a lot of trauma, there is a lot of stress in workplaces. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to this mm. creating safer spaces that you're so, you know, affluent on Tory and, and, and speak so, so powerfully on and, and create yourself. Yep, and and much of what we've like discussed today has been about like making progress with your own identities, um, or, you know, with our own identities. So, um, a question like to us all, and let's talk like British fashion in particular. Do you think that there's like enough of this in the industry, like making progress with our own identities, and like, you know, or what do you think is next to progress in this space? I think when it comes to progress with our identities, like in the fashion industry, I think it's we're only just scraping the surface of it, mm -hmm. and we need more critical thinking. Because I think when people think, oh, your identity is being celebrated, as an example, mm -hmm. it'll just be from a marketing perspective, being like, well, we've got X, Z of, you know, LGBTQ people and trans bodies and black bodies and PSC in in this campaign so you know we're, mm -hmm. we're celebrating it and it, it's not so much about that it's more of like well do you have workplace systems in place within your office to protect marginalized people and protected characteristics within the office like do you do you have that like do you mm -hmm. have like comfortability like communication people communicating with people who have different abilities and like disabilities and like hidden disabilities like what 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 do you have in place for those people within your mm. company it's not about like amplifying people in a marketing perspective it's like what's yeah. happening behind closed doors internally and that's mm -hmm. what i'd like to see more of um like zero yeah. tolerance policies i want to see safeguarding like mm -hmm. that's what i want to see i don't care about your bloody pride flags i don't i don't care for it i don't care Sick for your it. pride selection this month <laughs> i do not care i want to know what you're doing to protect those people yeah. within the office and what are you doing about it and I think that's what I mean by we need more critical thinking it's very surface mm -hmm. level very big Chantal like, like we speak about this all <laughs> literally all the time at Club Deus it's like about aligning the internal before you do external <clears throat> and so yeah. many people just skip to the external what can we show how can we like perform this to everybody mm -hmm. but what we need is that just yeah, like, exactly. forget the it's, product, educate your team. They're the people that need to be having these conversations is the people who are in power, not the consumers who are fighting for it. It's like we need to go to the top and try and dismantle it from the inside, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh my God, 100% Trojan horse of mm. ideas. Where's your conflict resolution? I want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I've been talking about recently. I was like, where's your safeguarding policy? Where's the zero tolerance? Where's the conflict resolution? And it's like, I don't know what I'm talking yeah. about because I don't work in it all. <laughs> so I, like, I just want to see it. I, I, I want to see it. I know you're supposed to have it. 
show it to me. HR, hate, Bricks HR coming at you. Literally love it. Okay, five minutes. Okay, so to wrap up, let's, I would love to just ask you, obviously you and Tori and Flobo, what are we all personally manifesting right now? You know, um, for this change, for what we spoke about, also whatever, for anything. What are you think about? What are you pulling in? When it comes to finances, because I grew up quite poor and I've been in and out of poverty my entire life. Grew up in a council estate, shared a room with my mum till I was like three, yeah. four years old. Like we got robbed once, like our house just for mm. milk. Like genuinely, someone wow. robbed our house and just took the milk. And then at that point, you can't get really mad, can you? you so it's like, yeah. So it's like you, I. So when it comes to finances, I've never looked at it right. It's a thing that I just it because I've never had it so I've never gone I've always assumed I need to work for free I've always assumed that you know I'm never gonna have money mm-hmm. so I've had to unlearn as we say and learn and learn how to know my worth financially mm-hmm. because I've never known it because I've never had yeah. it mm-hmm. so that's been really hard but it's also given me a good understanding and groundswork is that I when I do have money I know what it feels like to be a person that doesn't because yeah. that's my entire existence of how I've grown up and even up until like maybe a year ago I was still a cleaner you know mm-hmm. so it's like when we do have money it's like if I want to manifest finances yeah I do because I'd like bricks to be uh, pay us all a salary in all honesty like I'd like to yeah. like, look after all of us in a way that you know we don't have to worry financially that would be great like I'm not on a salary none of us are on a salary we're just on commission but I'd love for us yeah. to be on commission and a salary and pay for everyone above and yeah. beyond for their ideas for me I think I'm manifesting I mean Claire will laugh at this but I'm definitely manifesting that like there's more of a collective um understanding and use of like emotional and value led like decision making and it's not almost like apolitical you know like I'm reading this book at the moment like the moral limits of the markets and now that non-market goods are being sold on the market like we have to start asking these questions about like where our what our moral boundaries are like as to whether we should be capitalizing on them and i think that that comes down to like everything and not just you know marketable things like how can we learn to use our emotions and our values in a way that is just as constructive as looking at profit margins or um you know anything else that's kind of like business related so that's kind of what we're doing through cognis anyway but i would also like people to start exploring that themselves and feeling confident in the ups and downs of emotions and not like shutting them out now that sounds really interesting i think i might give that a read i, I like a critical theory book now then. claire what about you oh finish it off s- okay what i'm manifesting the same but also a revolution every day I oh yeah come on <laughs> All right, well, that was wonderful. I feel like, yeah, we covered a lot of stuff there. And also, obviously, always love talking to you, Tori. I love talking to you both as well. The more you ask me to do, the better. Fashion Forum is a co-production between the British Fashion Council and In Talks With Productions. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a review and share it with your friends. If you'd like to find out more and join the conversation on social media, then head to londonfashionweek.co.uk or at London Fashion Week.